Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. So, are we ready? Are we ready? Okay, if you didn't get your notes, I think there's a few there. They should be online as well. But today I want to talk about what does love expect of me? What does love expect of you? You know, as men, uh, there are times when we struggle to to show love, (laughs) right? For us, it may come in the form of working hard for our family, lending a helping hand, you know, uh, to someone in need working Um, It could be to a friend or serving in our church or in our community. That was one of the ways that we express love. Either way, no matter how we may show it, we need to truly know it and own it. Come on. You've heard me say this before, but the do has to come after the who. Who? Who? 1 John 4 tells us that God is love. You know, who we are becoming has a lot to do with who we intentionally put first in our everyday situation. And being able to recognize that it, it, what love expects of us, what love demands of us. We're going to go into 1 Corinthians uh, 13, and I've given you a snapshot before, but very quickly, uh, the author to the letter here is Paul. He's writing to the church in Corinth. You know, this church, uh, Corinth was a port city, much like Vancouver. It was a major port city, uh, but it was full of all kinds of uh, Roman and Greek gods. And Paul made a point to start the first Jesus community in Corinth. He stayed there for about a year and a half, and, and he ministered and got to know the people, and he starts this church, and then he goes on to plant other churches. And then he gets a letter back about the church in Corinth that it's not going so good. <laughs> You know, and the, and the, the people aren't actually acting out what they truly believe and what they were taught. So we're gonna, we're gonna dive into the love chapter in 1 Corinthians uh, 13 and how he's speaking on love because what was happening too when the church was coming together, everybody was kind of doing their own thing. There was a lot of uh, division, although they were meeting in the same place. There's many speaking in different languages and then there's people jumping in and interrupting on their interpretations. And then he's like, okay, let's go back. Let's keep the main thing, the main thing, and let's go back to love. So let's just have a little bit of a, a realignment here. So let's read 1 Corinthians 13. Thank you, men, for sharing. We'll, we'll dive in more and keep it going. Don't, don't ever be limited to this, this box of our time, our gathering uh, together. Um, one thing I can really celebrate is you men. You know, we've been talking with some of the leadership of the, the church, and this thing just keeps growing and growing, and it's gone from just, you know, a connect group to a men's service. I don't know if you noticed that. We've got full hospitality. We've got worship. Uh, you know, we get, you know, it looks a little different on the teaching element, but we all get to go into the Word and share. And for some men, it's the first time reading the Word. Some men, it's the first time they show up when they pray. Um, but we're all getting fed and we're all in the process of feeding others. Like you take this and you go and you feed others. That's our job as fathers, spiritual fathers, is to feed others. And so, yeah, and I'm just feeling heavy and heavy on my heart more and more. We just need to open it up so people can have a relationship with Jesus, so people can be baptized. Because we have men that come, I don't know if you noticed, but they come to a service at 7, and they might not be able to make the 10.30 or the 7 p.m., but this is their service. So you ready to go to another level? You ready to fill the house? 
All right. <laughs> the Lord will. The Lord will. Okay. So let's just dive into some of these verses. Um, first, first one, verse two. I know I usually always go with the first verse, but I'm going to go with the verse two. We're going to get more of this through the 1030 service, the 7 p.m. service. Uh, but verse two, if I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, <laughs> and I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. Wow. Just, just let that sink in a little bit. Think, let it sink in a little bit. Some, for some of us, we do have some of those strengths. We've seen and witnessed some of those things. But without love, we are nothing. Nothing. Because we know these things will fade. They have their time. But without love. So the first point is, what do I have? What do I have? We can prophesy have faith to move mountains, but without the source, we will not succeed. We can do everything, yet without love, we are nothing. I'll say that again. We can do everything, yet without love, according to the scripture, we are nothing. God is love. And I love how Lee shared how the Lord spoke back to him. Do you know how much I love you? Do you really know how much God loves you? If you did, you, you'd probably act differently, respond differently, show more grace, more forgiveness. If we would take a moment every day throughout the day just, just to hear God's voice, to hear that whisper that is so close to us, do you know how much I love you? Now go show that love. You see, how can we have faith without love? Yet here in the scripture, it says you can have faith that will move mountains. You can even prophesy, but still lack love. See, Paul is bringing the church back. He's bringing us back to the center, which is Christ. Jesus gave us the greatest command. In Mark 12, 29 to 31, when he was asked by the religious leaders out of all the commands, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, verse 29, is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Do I need to repeat that again? There is no commandment greater than these. One more time. There is no command greater than these. It starts off by saying that the Lord is one, meaning there is no other one but him. He is our source. Jesus said, I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is our source. He says, love God, love others. But specifically, he says, how? With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. So, men, a little self-reflection time in your notes. 
of all four of these, heart, soul, mind, strength, which one do I need to work on when it comes to loving God? You can go ahead and circle all of them if you like. (laughs) And how will I do this? How will I do this? If the Lord gives you, the Holy Spirit gives you a a word, a person, an image, please write it down. How could I work on loving my neighbor? How could I work on loving my neighbor as myself? Look at those four things. How could I work on loving my neighbor as myself? Self. Some of us have a hard time loving ourselves. Let's be honest, we're still working on that part, and therefore, uh, what we reflect is what we project. But yet, we heard from, from James, you know, like, what a convicting thing you said this morning. I bought this, I got this for myself. And you thought, I wonder what he's bought for his wife lately. Whoa. <laughs> hmm. That's good. That, that, that was worth your gas money too, by the way. Write that down. You know, the Holy Spirit speaks with, uh, speaks with conviction, not with condemnation. So that should actually get gift you excited. Be like, oh man, I can love my wife more. I can put her first more. I can honor her more. You know, if I loved her as much as I love myself, wow, she would have a Harley Davidson too. <laughs> Thank you for all the men that could laugh at, to that this morning. <laughs> um, Paul says, uh, I can have, but if I do not have, okay? Paul says, I can have, but if I do not have. C.S. Lewis talks about uh, four loves, four Greek words for love. We heard one of them this morning by Pastor Rudy, but it talks about uh, affection, friendship, uh, and 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 charity. And, and uh, the first one is in the Greek, uh, storage, which is empathy, which is an empathy love, an empathy bond. Then there's uh, philia, and philia is a friendship love, a friendship bond. Gentlemen, I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's a lot of people struggling with their identity right now in the world because the world takes truth and twists it, right? So I can, if I, the world is now saying if you have a love for a brother, or a girl has a love for her sister in the philia love that they are then under a different identity and a different label. That is not true. That is not true. Are you with me? You need to be able to recognize it and say, you know, it's okay to love my brother because I'm commanded to love my brother and I should just be reflecting who I am in Christ. I shouldn't slip into other areas and the lies of the enemy that, that takes lusts and labels it love. Because if I don't know the purpose of something, I'll abuse it. So what does God's word say about love? And then there's eros, romantic love. You know, it was also uh, the Greeks used, they had a Greek god for love and sex. So again, if you don't know the purpose of it, You take it out of context, you're going to have confusion. But our God is not a God of confusion. He is a God of clarity. And he wants to give us clarity today through his word. And then there's agape love. Unconditional God love. Would you just say that? Agape. One more time. Agape. Mm. You know, C.S. Lewis said this. He said, um, just as Lucifer 
a former archangel perverted himself by pride and fell into wickedness due to sin, so too can love commonly held to be the arch emotion become corrupt by presuming itself to be what it is not. I should have put that in your notes. We must have God's love at the center of our being, for in him we live and move and have our being. You know, when Paul brought that up, that was actually a quote that they had used to talk about uh, Zeus, the Lord Zeus. So again, if you don't know the purpose of it, if you miss the alignment of who is it that we really live and move and have our being, it is him. Paul used that. He says, he says, I can see that you are all religious. And he meant that as a compliment then. Right? But he says, you got to understand, you got love in all the wrong places. <laughs> should make a song about that. You got love in all the wrong places. You're, you're missing the source. You know, what you have is counterfeit. Let me introduce you to Christ. Come on. We mustn't confuse counterfeit love with unconditional love. God's love. We won't advance without agape. Come on. You won't advance without agape love. The world lives in a counterfeit culture, love based on feelings. We live in a word-based community where our love is based on our faith in God, our relationship with him. Verse 5 says, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Wow. What love isn't is your point too. What love isn't? Out of those four, which is the one that I must surrender to God? Which is the one that I struggle with? Dishonoring, self-seeking, easily angered, keeping records of wrong. I notice that a culture that lacks honor lacks stability. Have you noticed that? The Lord reminded me this week that we must have stability to release God's ability. If you ain't building it on a solid rock, and the rock is Jesus, and this is his word, all scripture points to him. Everything else is like sand. And if you build it on anything else, and I'll tell you, the enemy will even try to trick you by twisting the truth. He did the same thing. Well, he tried to do the same thing with Jesus in the desert, in the wilderness. Oh, you're hungry? He went after the, he went after the flesh right away. He went after the flesh right away because Jesus was fasting and he went after the flesh. He's going after your flesh. He's doing the same thing he's always done. You hungry? Turn these rocks into bread. Woo! He's going to go after your feeling. He's going to go after your flesh. He's even going to take the word and he's going to twist the truth to get you to be divided from him and his brothers and sisters in Christ. He'll do anything he can do to divert you, pervert you, distract you, to cause you to go away from the flock and to be alone. Will he not? Where's he going to start? He's going to start in your home. He's going to start with your spouse. He's going to start with your kids. He's going to, for those of you that aren't married yet, he's going to start with wise, godly counsel and those that are closest to you. 
The brothers that you've had, you would just sometimes we just got to take a moment and just like you said, verbally, we need to thank God for all the amazing people in our life and the things about them that we love the most. Thank you, Lord, that Pastor Rudy has been there with me and we got a whole lot of tear equity. We do. But you got to remind yourself of that. You got to focus on what is working and the, and the now and what, as opposed to what isn't working all the time and draw all your attention to, instead of focusing on the God that is always working. Well, Lord, thank you for Romans 8.28 that says all things work together for good for those that love the Lord. So if this is a humbling moment for me, then thank you, Jesus. And if I need to seek wise counsel, thank you, Jesus, that I can reach out to Pastor Morris on the phone and he'll pick up. <laughs> True story, did it this week. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not alone. I'm under the covering. I'm under the covering. I got other amazing men of victory. We're flying in the V. <laughs> We're flying in the V, right? Well, I'm so thankful for you as men. I'm so thankful that you come together and you gather. And you don't just come together when things are going great in your life. You're committed to the, the covenant of love never fails. It endures all things. Endures. I, don't, I might not understand, Lord, but thank you that I trust in you with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding. Thank you that you placed these people in my life and these brothers in my life for such a time as this. And instead of fighting for oneness, I mean, for right, for being right, I'm going to fight for oneness. I'm going to fight for unity. That should be the first thing I think of. Covenant. Love never fails. Endures all things. So again, we, we, are, we need stability for God to release his ability. And if we lack honor, we'll lack stability and we'll be limited on what God will do through our family our church, and our community. When unbelievers come into this house, they need to see stability, do they not? I'm telling you, those two, and you're going to tell when they, when they stick, when they stick, it's because they see stability. It can look, we can look good on the outside. Come on, man. We can have the fires lit. It can look great. You can have the music on the patio, but they're going to stay if they see stability. They're going to stay if they see oneness. There is too much uh, uh, um, division out there in the world that people are coming in and they're looking for stability. They're looking for oneness. They're looking for examples of a husband and wife that love each other and that honor one another. They're looking for a brotherhood that's going to come alongside and serve one another. Not because of, uh, of a different label or a prejudice or anything like that, but because of the Prince of Peace, because of Jesus, because we love one another, they will know we are his disciples. Thank you, Jesus. We need to honor. For us to grow in maturity of Christ, we need stability, and that means honoring one another. Paul says in Romans 12, 9 to 10, Love must be sincere. Say sincere. We must hate what is evil and cling to what is good. There it is. You're thinking about what, what isn't good, what isn't working. Cling to what is good. Hold on to what is good. Because if you're going to hold on to bitterness, it's only going to get bad for you. Right? But if you hold on to your belief in the Lord, it's only going to get better. 
What will you cling to? Are you going to, you, you, you with me? I'm telling you, you can just, you know, I always speak to you guys differently because you're my brothers. You know, I'm in your corner. I love you. I'll call you and send you out. Call you and send you out. Call you and send you out. I'm always going to be here. Okay. But there is, this isn't new for some of you and some of you are going to recognize it right, right now. There is a spirit of offense. That's what causes division. As soon as we become offended, we become bitter and we don't get better. But you need to recognize when you're offended. I think last week we talked about how Jesus said, you know, when you're trying to deal with a speck in your brother's eye, first take the plank out of your own eye. Why, why am I getting so worked up about this thing? Anxiety is not of God. Be anxious about nothing but everything through prayer and thanksgiving. Make your request known to God. Whatever is godly, loving, true, cling on. Hold on. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Hold on, man. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Verse 10 in Romans 12. Be devoted. What does it mean to be devoted? Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. You can't just read verse 9 and not go into verse 10. I'm going to cling to what's this, but I'm not going to be devoted. Right? Keep reading, keep reading, keep reading. There's a process to the promise. What are you going to hold on to? Who are you going to hold on to? Why? Because our sincerity will release God's ability. I think that's in your notes. Our sincerity will release God's ability. Verse 7 says, it always, say always, whoa. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. When did we read this and forget the word always? Repeats, 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 repeats. You don't think he just said always, da, 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 da. No. He went through each one. Can we go back to that again? Each one. Always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Well, pastor, you don't understand what I'm going through right now. I can't trust. Always. Oh, but I've lost my hope. Always. Hebrews 6, 19 says you have a hope that is steadfast, secure to your soul as an anchor. Not the wishy-washy hope. Always perseveres. I have great uh, men of the faith in my life. My, my father-in-law, um, Pastor Ray Bailey, um, Pastor Morris, a, a covenant man of God, perseveres, perseveres. And you know what? You will, you'll never know. <laughs> Most people will never know what you're going through and, and the things, but you'll never know what the lead pastors and those before us are going through. Why? Because they don't want you to get distracted with it. And it's not up to us to, to complain to the, the children and to go around and to share everything that is, that is going on. The first time that Pastor Morris actually and I had a sat down, Chad, he started to, when I was facing some of my little problems that were probably like this big <laughs> compared to his, <laughs> You know, the first thing he told me, he said, Pastor Matt, you need to have thick skin and a big heart. Thick skin and a big heart. Thicker skin, bigger heart. Right? And he started to share some of the stuff that he went through, and I was shocked. So there's some things that I am thankful for with my Mennonite heritage, and that is honor. We would never speak to the pastor that way. <laughs> we would never dishonor somebody, a man of God, 
I'm like, are you kidding me? But it was an eye-opener for me, <laughs> what I'm getting into. Don't expect that people are just going to honor you because of your position. <laughs> it's not going to work that way. God's going to test you. Will you continue to protect, trust, hope, and persevere? When people don't treat you the, uh, the way that they should treat you, they don't honor you, they don't... They take what you say and they throw it in the garbage. They'll come back again and you'll love on them. Why? Because love perseveres. It always hopes, always looks for the best, sees the best. That's love. Hold on to that. Hold on to that. Grace and truth. Hold on to that. Accountability. Hold on to that. Discipline. The root word of discipleship. Hold on to that. We're all being disciplined. Why? Because God disciplines the ones he loves. Who's loved by God in the house? Most of you. Okay, good. Who's being... <laughs> I know, Ethan, I saw your inner hand come shooting up so high. Right? We're all disciplined because he disciplines the one he loves. Corrects the one. I, you know what? I had to discipline Max the other day. I won't go into the details of that. I love my, my son. It breaks my heart, but it breaks my heart more if I don't stand on God's truth and his love and speak the truth out of love and correct him. Because... What you tolerate becomes your standard, and what you let it go, and then eventually they get so old, you can't discipline them the same way. Looks different. Now they should be young men, right? But I know I, I do it out of love. Is Aiden laughing up there? <laughs> I do it out of love because I love my son. And did you know that Max this morning, was <laughs> he was dressed, he had his coat on, he was laying, curled up in the fetal position on the stairs? <laughs> See, Max struggles with, with, with sleep. He, struggles, he has this breathing thing where he has a hard time breathing when he sleeps, but his heart, he wanted to be here so much this morning, his heart, and that he went to that. He, he asked me last night, Daddy, can you wake me up so I can come to men's? I said, absolutely, son. And let's just say I had to wake him and Aiden up, but that's okay. <laughs> they share the same room. But I saw that, I saw his heart. Now, I also knew for his health and for mom <laughs> and for and Coach Delton, and he's got a long day ahead of him. I said, son, are you still pretty tired this morning? He said, yeah, dad, but he was ready to go. And I said, why don't you sleep here on, on the couch next to the fire? You know, because we got a long day ahead of us. Next week, we'll get to bed a little earlier next week. But you see what I'm saying? That just the, 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 the night before, I had a hard talk and discipline with my son. And do you, think, do you think he wanted to be further away from his father and away from the house of the Lord? No, he wanted to be closer now. Something inside of him wanted to be here, wanted to be here. My dad loves me. My dad cares for me. My dad sees the best in me. And my dad's going to correct me when his yeses are yeses and his noes are noes. He's going to follow through because he loves me. And sometimes we don't think it's always getting through. You sit down with your kids. You say, I'm doing this because I love you. I love you, son. You're a good boy. You know how to learn the language matters. I'll tell him, I, I love you. You're a good boy. Let me help you make good choices. Let me help you make good choices. I love you. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Lord. Point three, what love does. What love does. This is a good one to end up off on. Love always. Say love always. Meaning it's not conditional. Where have I put conditions to the call of love? Write it down. Where have I put conditions to the call of love? Well, Lord, only if she or only if he, then I will. No, no, no. That's conditions. That's not agape love. 
Recognize it for what it is. Remember, agape love is unconditional, God's love. Out of the four, what must I commit to more of? Protecting, trusting, hoping, and preserving. Which one really, I know you need to circle all of them, but which one, if you could just like, Lord, you have given me an opportunity in this season to protect, to trust, to hope, to persevere. And every day you might be circling a different one, just so you know. Oh, here's another opportunity. Love is an action, gentlemen. It is not a feeling. In the same way, faith by itself is not accompanied by action. It is dead. If it is not accompanied by action, faith without works is dead. James 2, 17. Faith without love is dead. God must be the center and the source of our actions. We must take action. It's time to advance in our love for God and our love for one another. You see, we need to grow up if we are to go up to where God is calling us. I'll say that again. We need to grow up if we are to go up where God is calling This is for all of us, just so you know. I'm preaching to myself, just so you know, okay? Finally, verse 11 says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, how many men in the house? When I became a man, I put away the things, the childhood behind me, the ways of childhood behind me. Let us mature in the faith by maturing in God's love. Would you men stand with me? Well, you can write this down before you stand. Love is not based on my condition, but on my call. Love is not based on my condition, but my call. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.